Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of RPU After Dark. We have my best friend, DTC, a special guest, Doc. Doc, please say hello. Hi, everyone. Hello. Um, this is your Colin show. We have an episode tonight based on progress, and we have some preset points we're going to talk through. But this is a Colin show, so if you have read the instructions, you will be able to send your messages to our favorite friend, Joe, and call in and speak to us. All right, DTC, Doc, how you doing? We are doing fantastic, actually. Yeah, life is good. That's good, that's good. So what brings you guys together tonight? Who who are you guys? Well, I met Doc, and she is a very interesting person, and she's extremely helpful to me, and she's just a, a being of light. So we get together on occasions, and we do drugs together. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, we do drugs, and we learn about each other, and we grow as humans. Yeah. Reach, a, reach deeper understanding, huh? Yeah, it's a very symbiotic relationship. We both have needs and wants, and we've articulated them very clearly from the outset, from day one, and uh, we've been trying to work that out. All right. Well, I think we got our first caller coming in. Hello, lads. Hello, caller. How are you? Doing great. Doing great. How do you identify as? What's your name? Uh, my name's actual name, or just my no, just just <laughs> whatever you want to whatever you want to go by, man. It's showing yeah. you an orange square, man. Right now, that's all. Oh yeah, orange square is fine. My name is <laughs> Q squared. Orange square guy. What, what's your question? Let's go. Right. Um. Yeah, let me read it. Swell put in uh, live stream discussion. What is more superior, a guy who's humble yet masculine and deep, with little success with women in wealth, um, that is like Khabib in the UFC, um, rather he has legacy, or a superior man who's very masculine, shallow, with a huge success of, with women, wealth, with status, that's an example of Conor McGregor in the UFC. Well, so I think that the difficulty here is that your definition of shallow and depth has like problems. What what do you think is the definition of depth? Right. That's a good question. Um, depth meaning someone who is masculine rather is deep and has some feminine, um, some feminine qualities rather a shallow person would have only masculine qualities and he doesn't have perhaps care, love. Um, yeah. So one of the issues here is I think that you're, you're suffering from a factor of binary thinking where you think in black and white, there's no room for the gray and there's no way to blend things together. Um, as far as the feminine personality goes, DTC, what, you want to hit this? Sure. Uh, I, I really, I found what you said extremely profound. I hadn't really thought of uh, depth like that. Um, yeah, it, but, I'll tell you where I got it from. Uh, say that again. I'll tell you where I got it from. It got, oh. I got it from a guy named Alexander Grace. I'm not sure if you're familiar with him. No, so, the name's not familiar. Right. Um, he covers about how being deep is better for a prolonged relationship, rather being shallow and completely masculine does help with attracting women spontaneously. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> so this has actually been a lesson that I've been learning currently in that I can meet women uh, but I scare them because I don't have depth to me. Uh, I have like 
two people that I'm grappling with uh, calibrating. There's DTC, that's my alter ego, and then there's my actual person. And I polarize things and I'm very binary and somewhat autistic in that regard. And I'm either all DTC and a bit psychopathic and weird and a bit of an asshole, or I'm myself and I'm um, soft and uh, just kind of very vulnerable and to, uh, you know, to a large extent, you know, feminine in a lot of ways. So right. I'm trying to find balance between those two things and become a masculine man and not have to um, lean so much in the feminine and be like a 12 year old boy. You, you intimidate people once approaching, right? Yeah, it's a, it's because it's a defense mechanism. I uh, come off as a certain person. And so like right now I'm not DTC. He's actually, he's DTC hanging out somewhere else apparently. Yeah. My alter ego, he's, he's chilling. Uh, okay. Um, to answer your question specifically, um, I understand the attractiveness of playing characters, but playing characters can never make you your authentic self. And the answer is just be yourself is really good advice, but it's only for, you know, eight to 10% of the population. And that might even be generous. It's that picking a character and trying to play that, particularly when you don't know who you are, is a guaranteed recipe for failure. Whereas trying things out, failing, and then making your notes as you go along and deciding what works for you and what feels good for you. Not necessarily feels good, but what works for you and what works externally as well as internally are the types of things that will bring you success. No, And also, I think, um, piggybacking on what Rudin just said um, about being authentic, it means that you recognize what your needs and your values are and you live in accordance to that so when you live based on what you think it's important and you behave in that way then you're being authentic and if being kind and being generous and being vulnerable that's important to you and you behave like that then you're just gonna feel good with yourself and at the end that's the end that's actually the end goal just feeling good with who you are as a person okay but See, I agree with you all about being authentic, but to some limit, I stop myself from being my true self when uh, my morals are at play. Um, for example, if I'm being myself and being my biological self, I'll be attracted to trying new stuff like cocaine. However, my moral self would stop me and put on the calm prefrontal cortex uh, position, and I would just like calm down and not do it. Similarly, I won't be vulnerable to my girlfriend or any spouse of some sort uh, i would rather just talk to my female uh, sorry my uh, physiotherapist or, or perhaps my deep male friends or on this podcast um it's interesting in that sense because i do believe that we have to be aware of our audience and the people that we have in our lives and we definitely cannot be completely um vulnerable with everyone this in the same in the same way so i think it's also important to recognize that people have different perspectives and it's it's kind of interesting to see how different people react to the same questions that you um are asking them so it's about just kind of finding out different ways of thinking and 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 seeing which one you connect with the most and to build on that i would say that what it seems you're struggling with is why do people react differently to the same thing and the answer is that because they're different people yeah. and that you, you can't, you can be a consistent person and get different reactions. So yeah. what are you afraid of? Um, afraid of not going on the right path. Okay. But the right path is defined by you. It's not defined by other people. Yeah. That's what I was going to ask What is the right path and how do you know what's objective there? 
um, path of fulfillment to uh, not 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 necessarily happiness, but prolonged happiness and fulfillment. So do you well, let me that... hold on, DTC. I got this. Um, <laughs> let me let me let me drop a big truth on you. Happiness is a choice. I hate to break it to you. Yeah, um, that's why I'm not saying happiness. I'm saying fulfillment, like so satisfaction, basically life satisfaction, which is long-standing, whereas happiness is temporary. Uh, in some sense, yeah. Like I don't mind having my down, uh, my down moment. Uh, but I'd so love... for the for the masculine feminine thing you were breaking down with Khabib and Connor, like which side appeals to you more in your head, and which side appeals to you more in your life? Uh, both in uh, life and head are Khabib. However seeing some influx of friends who are more acting like corner uh, does make me uh, perhaps follow them follow their lead in some sense okay um and it's fine to be both but do you really in your deep down sense think you're a creative person or you're a practical person um i'm a engineer a mechatronics engineer so i spent most of my life fixing bikes and fixing stuff around the house etc okay so you're a very practical person but in your social presence would you rather be the center of attention or not uh don't yeah that's a tough question see yeah that's a tough question i'm not sure i'm not sure all right uh, and, and also picking up on that would that be a need or is that a want to be the center of attention whether you choose to be or not would that I be was, a need or a want if i was to be center of uh, attention society or the friends and colleagues around me would look up to me, which is definitely something uh, uh, validating. Uh, yeah. Okay, let me just follow up on my initial question. It goes like this. I'm focused on my tasks. I do my tasks every day. And once I finish my tasks, then I calm down and the stresses go away. And then I can be my happy, um, higher conscious self, who's not really focused, nor masculine, just completely emotional until the end of the day. What do you okay, think? we've got one guy waiting behind you. So let me ask right. you a very simple question, which is, can you become more efficient with your task list? And why does your task list dominate your life? Can you become more efficient? With uh, because they, they, they give stresses on me, which does not make me uh, fulfilled. They create stresses the tasks okay so so if you can reduce the stress of your task list wouldn't you consider yourself live a more free and fulfilled life if you can reduce the stress you put on yourself by having a task list wouldn't you think that's a decent step towards a more fulfilling life so I put less things on the task no 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 to put less mental things on on the task list the task list is going to be what it is can you put less mental energy Oh, yeah. on holy shit i have to do this right i get what you mean like be more at ease with it yes correct because clearly you've been doing it yeah then that's my advice to you take less mental energy with the things that you put on that list and then you will be free to be more your authentic self okay i'll be more at ease with it um i do practice meditation so perhaps i'll add that to it thank you very much for calling in all right. Yeah, man. Um, Thank you. I'll see you around, guys. I might ask Good luck. further. Right. Appreciate it. Cheers. All right. Joe, throw vanilla gorilla in here. Hey, vanilla what's up, gorilla, man? what's up, buddy? Nothing much. I've been meaning to to call in. I tried to call in last week, but the show 
wasn't uh i sent it's written a message but the show wasn't wasn't on sorry buddy we uh we do it bi-weekly or weekly depending on schedules but we're very glad to have you with us yeah no worries i'm glad to glad to jump in as well so my question is about this uh this texting for logistics business um i found that it's really good for for um girls that are already really interested in you and they're they're eager to just enter your frame but for the the medium interest it's not really it's not really working and i need now that i'm doing the cold approaching and getting high volume of uh of numbers i just, if i just text a girl like hey meet me here and i just met her a few days ago i find that they just don't respond to that so um let me break it down, which is that a lot of the red pill aphorisms, which are the things we say that, you know, seem like sage advice, but are very binary are for people who can't help themselves. Text just for logistics is for people who, and I'm revealing my age here, can't help but go AOL instant messenger on a bitch. <laughs> yeah. So the reality is that like I text, um, I have a girl in my orbit who's a Victoria's Secret model and I send her cute cat pictures and puppy pictures like all the time because it reminds her every day that I'm still in there. But the only reason we say don't text for logistics is because most people would literally sit there and just text, 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 text until the girl is bored. So yes, when you find girls who are, uh, I mean, quality is relative, but when you find girls who have seen it all, or at a bare minimum, have been hit on by a lot of guys. Yes, that's the answer, which is, of course, you get to break the rules when your SMV is high enough and the girl is something you want. Okay, yeah, that's, that's good to hear because, I mean, looking at it from their perspective, if you just met a guy and he's like, oh, I'm going to this random place, uh, meet me here at 7 p.m., she's probably looking at the message like, who is this guy again? Yeah, who is this guy and why does he think this is going to work on me? Yeah, so the only way that works is if you're like ultra Chad. That's the only yeah, way you can get away with, hey, show up somewhere. Like you can get away with that if the girl is super obsessed with you and you're ultra Chad, but that's probably not going to work. That's Yeah, tough. it works on like the girls that are pretty like two two to three points below you who are just like, you know, the super, the girls you know you can get already which is not really the girls that I want to be going for anymore. But well, now, and you're identifying something really important, which is you're, you're breaking through the intermediate red pill, which is where you're like, okay, so I've read the aphorisms, but now some of them stopped, stopped making sense. And that's exactly where you want to be. Breaking the rules is for people who understand the game. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's good to, that's good to hear. I, it's just making me think that, you know, I've burned so many numbers just with this thought, like this black and white, like meet me here. Because once you send that text and they don't respond, you can't you can't go back in. Yeah, it's when just, you send the what you do in text on 2 p.m. on a Sunday, they know you want to fuck and that's all you care about. <laughs> yeah, or if you just send a text, meet me for drinks and it's short notice, they're not they're probably not just gonna get ready and show up somewhere. You know what I mean? Like that's unlikely. Yeah. If it's a girl, I found that the girls that uh like a girl I've been seeing a few years, um, you know, I text her that, yeah, she's ready to go. But the girl you just met this week. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So yeah, plates are plates are made or broken in the first about three weeks. 
Yeah, but going back to your question, if it's a cold approach or you just met a girl, whenever I just get a girl's number, I send one text and it's like, hey, this is DTC. Save my number, cute girl. And then they giggle and say something cute after that. And then they, they remember me. So next time I text them, they see my name, even if they didn't save my, you know, my name to their actual phone, at least they remember who I am because I introduced myself. And that keeps and, it warm uh, enough where you can you can text her the next day or day after whatever, and she'll at least remember who you are. And then you can say something that's you know going to get her attention again and get her talking. And if you get her talking, then you can ask her to go out. But you can't just jump in there and ask her to go out at a certain time. Like get her interest first. Once she's texting back and forth with you, and you're not an autist and writing a bunch of stupid stuff, then you can ask her out. And how long after? you get the number do you think it matters at all like if you wait a day or i mean days? honestly you can do whatever you want uh i usually base it on what i'm doing if i'm not busy and i feel like texting a girl then i will but if i'm busy then i'll just wait until i feel like doing it the longer you wait the more anticipation you could potentially build or the more they could find other guys and be busy it's just it's you know it's a roll of the dice it's whatever don't think about it too much yeah it's overthinking that gets you just to act in a very I, I wouldn't way. I wouldn't book a date longer than 72 hours out. Let's put it that way. Well, that's different, right? I totally agree. Like if you meet a girl and you want to hang out, don't say, hey, you want to meet on Friday when it's Monday. Like that's not the play. Yeah, I just I just did that actually. Fucking I got a number like yesterday and I'm literally not free. So I told her to, you know, one week out. And I'm thinking like this is definitely going to fizzle out. Like yeah, it never works, days. dude. And then if you do want to have that date work, now you do need to text back and forth consistently to keep, to keep their interest. And I recently had to do that. I actually met a girl at Rittens and then had to continue communicating with her for like a full two weeks or something before she flew out to see me. And, yeah, uh, like uh, we, we all went out on a, on a Sunday night and uh, I had a girl, she brought other girls. And yeah, look, man, like I'm serious when I say that don't text for logistics is just an aphorism to help guys not text too much. Don't take it literally. You're doing fine. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I have another, another question about, about the approaching stuff. So I just, I used to do the, you know, the whole bar and club circuit, just go out and uh, just get, get a bunch of numbers. And usually, I mean, that was working for me. I didn't have to do cold approach or anything like that. But now with everything closed, I've been getting into it. And uh, having having some good some good results, but something I've noticed is that my mood uh, on whether or not to approach is highly dependent on external factors. Like if it's sunny, I'm totally in the mood to just bang out 10, 15 approaches. But if it's rainy or like cold or shit, like I can't even bring myself to do one. So I guess how do you how do you always get in the zone to to do these? Approaches. The answer is you're you're never always going to be in the zone, and the more you use your positive energy, the better your results will be. Okay. Yeah, I definitely. So if to, you if you don't uh, if you don't feel like going out and talking to bitches and talking to girls and getting numbers and doing the thing, just don't do it. Go play video games for all I care. <laughs> okay. Okay. Like, and, don't feel and, pressure. Don't, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. Just. Okay, well, sorry. I, I wanted to, to just do like one super quick one, but you're continuing on that. So I'd like to hear what, what you said. Well, it's just don't forcing yourself to do things always results in subpar performance. It's like forcing yourself to go to the gym 
when you've been out partying all weekend and you go lift 50% of your max and feel exhausted. It's the same thing, man. Like forcing, if it, it may feel like it's correlated to the weather for you, but regardless, I don't care what the reason is. If you don't feel like doing it, don't do it. Except for working out. If you don't want to work out, you should stop being a bitch ass and work out. I disagree. With I mean, I agree with that. I agree with that. I used a poor example, but like, if you really don't feel like doing it, you're just going to, you're going to show poorly. You're going to feel bad afterwards because you showed poorly and you're not going to feel good about yourself. Agreed. Okay. And, and uh, I know there's a guy waiting. So, so uh, real quick, I'm 22 years old. Uh, I've noticed that I'm starting to, to lose my hair a bit and you know, you guys are older. I want to ask your opinion on, on jumping on these. There's, I don't know if you know, there's stuff like finasteride and whatnot. I mean, do you know any people taking this? Does the shit fuck you up? Is it that big of a deal? I've been taking it for a while. I haven't noticed if it works or not. It takes like three or uh, no, like six months or something. I have a full head of hair, so I can't comment. My hair is still long and beautiful, but I'd prefer it to stay that way. Yeah. I mean, I have no problem like losing my hair in my late twenties. Uh, like early thirties, but it's just, I'm, I'm young right now and fuck. Like, I don't, I don't think I get to rock the, the bald look. So well, I'm, dude, I'm, I'm not a doctor, good. but you can go talk to a doctor and they'll tell you what's up. Like they can tell you everything you need to know. No, I've, I mean, I, I went, I've got the pills in, in my drawer here, but I'm just wondering, you know, I see stuff on the internet, like some guy saying like, ah, oh, my dick doesn't work anymore. And what? Okay. We'll try and if your dick doesn't work, then you just stop taking them, dude. All right. I'll, I'll <laughs> that's a good point. That's yeah, point. I agree with DTC on that one. <laughs> Give it yeah, a shot. And if you don't like the results, fuck it. Yeah. I'm just worried <laughs> this shit will be permanent. Like, well, did they then say just don't then just don't take it at all? Who cares? Just lose your hair. Who gives a fuck? I, I right. had no idea that your dick could not work. I would have. If it been, hold on, hold on. If it causes you more anxiety to take the pills than it does to not, just don't take them. Well, my dick works awesome, so That's I can tell point. you it's not a big deal. Yeah. What's your, what's All right, your man. message? I don't know. I take one a day. All right. I'll, I'll leave. Yeah. Okay. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right, Joe. Throw King Luca in here. Let's go. All right. So King Lucas has a question about what to do at home from school with little going on in town. All right. King Luca, lay it on us. What's your issue? Okay. So um, basically, I just got home for winter break and I go to a pretty, pretty big school. And it's easy to kind of go out and meet a lot of girls and build up momentum. There's a high volume of women out there. But when I'm home, um, there aren't any college campuses near me. And I can't seem to, um, when I'm out there doing approaches, I can't seem to find more than like one or two girls uh, every, you know, 30 minutes worth approaching. So I just kind of feel stuck. And I kind of feel like for the next three months, um, I'm not going to be making any progress and I just want to know what I should be doing to kind of keep improving my game. So what's your, what's your fixation? I mean, why not take this time as a time off from women to focus on yourself? That's what I, I was going to say. Okay. That's, <laughs> I mean, that's kind of what I've been doing uh, this past week. The first week I tried going out a lot, but it just wasn't working. So um, what, if, what if you cut all that shit out of your life and it was like, I'm going to fucking smash the gym. I'm going to read a bunch of books. I'm going to focus on myself. Have you considered that? Oh, yeah. So I've been smashing the gym for about six years. So I'm already in like really, really good shape. Um, I've been reading as well. 
I've been. Okay. Well, where are you weak, dude? If you had a weak spot besides girls and stuff like that, that you could work on, pick one thing that's your weakest and go tackle that. Yeah. I think for me, that would be just, you know, spending less time on social media. Yeah. But what are you going to do in place of that? Like you have to have a goal or something to do. You can't just so take I've one thing away. Is I've been um, learning Spanish. So I've been doing an hour of Spanish every single day and I've been reading um, this book, it's by Bertrand Russell, and it's uh, a history on philosophy. And I've been reading that for um, a few hours every day. And on top of that, I have schoolwork. But honestly, like, I think my weak spot right now is just like women in general. Um, All right. So K King Lucas, what do you want, man? Like, okay. what's your, I, what's your, I no, no, no. One. Hold on, DTC. Hold on, DTC. Okay. So like, what's your ideal self? What, what's, hmm. what's your fixation that makes you feel bad? I guess it all started about a month ago, and uh, I'm a pretty religious guy. Um, most of my friends are like fundamental Catholics, and uh, I guess the reason why I wanted to get into this is because um, every time I would see a girl out and, you know, she'd give me like some indicator of interest or she'd look at me and she'd smile at me, I just wouldn't have the confidence to like go out of my way to talk to her. And I guess... Um, my ideal self would be someone who's just willing to just go up to any single girl who, you know, I find to be attractive or, you know, just to have the confidence to start a conversation so that one day I could have like a good relationship. Um, and, uh, I'm not necessarily looking for sex, but like, as I started going out more and more, uh, this past month, it started to kind of turn into just like wanting to get as many girls as possible. Okay, like so it's not it's not your life, your health, or your lifestyle that's a problem. No. It's approach anxiety. You have a severe approach anxiety. Yeah, I mean, uh, I is it because you don't think you're good enough, or because you don't think you know what to say? I think it's. I don't think I know what to say. I always find myself at a loss for words. Okay, that's great because it doesn't matter. Right. Do you know what do you know what I mean when I say it doesn't matter? Yeah, I, I know what you mean. Like it doesn't matter what you say, it's more about how you feel um and how you're conveying yourself and uh it's it's also like nonverbal at the same time. It, it's not let me let me drop something out. Game okay. is just consistently presenting an image that's attractive. Right. And what I mean by that is it's not about a line, it's not about memorizing everything in the sidebar. Mm -hmm. It's about consistently being that guy right. you are doing most of the things that you need to do to be that guy the problem is you're not giving yourself enough at bats like you're like i've hit zero home runs in my life and you're not even swinging the bat man yeah i mean i think you're right uh i, I have i have like the looks i'm not like a 10 out of 10 but i again i'm really in shape um i've you know I've been working. Bro, all you bro, all you gotta do is swing the bat. Swing the bat. See, the thing is, all you got, all you gotta do is swing the bat. The like, let me ask you guys a question. So, um, when I feel my best, I'm usually at the gym, and there's a lot of hot girls because I'm into girls that are really fit. But the reason why I don't go out of my way to approach girls at the gym is because you know I'm rusty. I don't approach girls outside of the gym, and I feel like you know I can't fuck it up in the gym in a place where I'm seeing these people all the time. So, so fuck it up somewhere else. And and that's the problem is I can't, I don't have like a place to fuck it up at, you know? Cause like it's all. Cause you, you know. haven't tried. Yeah. I mean, 
I, so I, I, I was going to come at it a totally different angle. I was going to say, have you downloaded Hinge? Uh, no. What is, is that a dating app? Oh, yeah. Down, oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah, download Hinge immediately. Yeah, Hinge is so dope. I didn't know what Hinge was, and then Written put me on, and that has helped me tremendously. Because I don't go out and cold approach. I just don't do that. See, I've I've had success on like Tinder, you know, but... Bro, uh, download Hinge, bro. Download Hinge. Hinge. Trash. So King, the cold- King Lucas, download Hinge, and you will... It's all about... like You'll be fine. Trust me. And Get some hot become- ass. You got hot pictures. Fucking slay. <laughs> yeah, and I was going to say, if you can't figure it out, you can always join the Discord, and we can help you. Okay. No, but also, based on what you're saying, I think that you have to start because you have lack of confidence, right? So it's important to start uh, working on self-validation because right. that's going to increase your your confidence and therefore you're not going to be thinking, oh, I'm, what happens if I fuck it up? Because you're literally not going to care. The more that you care, the more that you overthink, hmm. the less successful you're going to be when you approach anyone, not just girls, just anyone. So start... And start investing in you and start, you know, just self-validating you and just give yourself positive affirmations. Yeah, I would say in addition to that, too, that just sparked something. You can learn game by talking to anyone. You can do this at the grocery store. You can do it to the barista. Like, whoever you meet, game them and try and get them to like you, male or female. Just become an attractive person and believe, like what um, Doc was just saying. You know, talk to yourself in the mirror if you have to and, you know, practice your game in your mirror. What do you want to look like? Is your face relaxed or do you look angry? Like actually look at your body language. Do you look confident or are you slouched over? What's your posture? Do you like yourself? And are you showing that with your body language that like I like myself? I'm very much into myself. And so that's something that I've learned to do is I got confidence in myself and I really like how I look. I've done a lot of work on my body and the way I dress and the way I carry myself. So now I walk around very confident and I know that people like what they're seeing when they see me. And it's because I like what I see when I see me. So if you like yourself, that's just going to be projected to everyone. Yeah. If you don't like yourself, then people are not going to like you because I mean, who will like someone that they don't like themselves? Mm-hmm. All right, King Lucas, we got Vasily Zaitsev behind you. So do you have any parting words? Uh, no, but I am going to take your advice. I'm going to start going out more and I'm going to, you know, as you say, I'm going to take more at bats. So thank you very much. Yeah, just I believe in you, man. Bitch. You can do it. Just thank go you. validate yourself. <laughs> I, will, I will. Thank you very much, guys. Take care. Have a good night. You got go. it. Vaz, what's up, bro? Uh, just tell that last guy to sit dead red, man. Look for the fastball. <laughs> right? That's what I do. I go up, I look for the I- ball. I bet, I bet he has everything he needs other than just going up to a girl and saying hi. Yeah, it's just too much overthinking. You know, it's, <clears throat> he who has a, hesitates is lost and sleeps alone, rides the bus home. <laughs> rides the bus home and jerks off, man. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah, one of mine. Vaz, how you been, homie? Oh, everything's cool. Everything's smooth. I'm out in SoCal. I've missed it so much. Haven't been out of, haven't been out here since March. I'm usually out here half the time. Was uh, at, a, at a studio with a buddy of mine, just laying down track after track and stuff mixed up. You know, the guy and the dude's perfect. Like he's so talented. Like I tell him to do something, it comes out exactly the way I want it. So I can't complain. Gotta love good musicians, man. <sighs> All right, Vaz, what's been going on in your life? Lay it on us. Well, like I said, just making music and uh, turning paper and waiting for the virus to go away. And <clears throat> got a couple new uh, couple new girls in the rotation. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, no, a couple. Uh, one has kind of been through the wars, you know. She's a little older than I usually go for, but uh, 
aging model has kept it together. She's 30, yeah, 33, and wants the full VAS treatment, right? Oh, so, yeah, the collar, the cuffs, the yeah, everything. Yeah, totally, totally. And, and, and tell me I'm wrong on this, my friend. That does wonders for frame, does it not? Oh, it's, I mean, I'm just getting introduced and it's wonderful. Calm shit right down because they, you know, they understand who the boss is. And if they don't, there's something around their neck they can't take off. So, <laughs> yeah, no, that, that, I'm telling you, that does wonders for it. Um, you got the so, gun, yeah. you got the gun and the badge, buddy. Hey, listen, girls like hierarchy. They want to know who's where, right? And the difference between male and female hierarchies, right? And in male hierarchies, there's room for everybody, right? From the highest to the lowest, there's a spot. Whereas in female hierarchies, people tend to get ostracized, right? So, you know, in a male hierarchy, they know, okay, there's a spot for me. I got to figure out where it is. But you definitely want the girl living in your frame. And there's no girl living more in your frame than a slave girl. <laughs> Hard facts. Hard facts. Yeah. Hey, man. Dude, I, I got, love it. I got three chords in the truth, brother. <laughs> Hey, OLTR loves her eternity caller. Thanks for that present. Really appreciate oh, it. Oh, my, my pleasure. It fits her well. It does. It really does. Good. Okay. Yeah, next time I'm down, I'll, uh, I'll teach you some protocols for you. Uh, yeah, you know, I've been, I've been doing my own research, but uh, it, it always helps to learn from the master man. Yeah. Literally, yeah. Besides, who knows? Maybe I'll pick up another uh, hot tattooed black trick next time we're together. That, you know, that's something to, you know, it's important to have goals, as I like to say. Yeah. Yeah, that's something <laughs> Boz and I have been talking about is going into the city together, but we need to wait till the coronavirus goes away. Yeah, it's but, like fucking dead now. Ugh. But we, we would murder. We could, we could shut a city down. Yeah, no. Oh, I'd my be God. Happy to, be happy to come along, play third base for you youngins, you know, happy to do it. Yeah. Oh, the old man in the sea. The sea yeah. of pussy. <laughs> yeah. Well, listen, the, 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 the ultimate frame is when you got nothing to prove. Right. So, right. That's what I like. That's what, that's what I like to say about being an old guy. It's like, Hey, I got nothing to prove. Go ahead. <laughs> you, actually, me, you, get, you get to be yourself too. You don't have to change anything about yourself. Yeah, you get to be exactly. authentic. You, being you, had authentic any good, self? you had any good wines recently, Boz? Uh, you know, I did. Uh, I, I'm a Pinot Noir guy. Like I thought it was just a phase and it turned out to be my life. Oh my and God. I, Sideways took over your brain. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, yeah, I'm a, like I said, I'm a Pinot guy. So I went down to the cellar and plucked out a Peter Michael and it went down singing hymns. It was beautiful. <laughs> Lo loved every last drop. Do you dot, do, dot, um, and the angel sang. Exactly. Do you prefer American or French Oak? You know, it's an interesting question, right? So in terms of terroir, I see some people, like I can't drink Australian wine. I just like every time I had it, it it's like done bad things to my stomach. So uh, I'm more of a Central Coast California guy. Um, you know, even Willamette Valley up there. Though, that's like, I, I call that red wine for people who aren't used to red wine. It's red wine for white wine drinkers hmm. um, who are just kind of, it's you know, got a smooth finish. It's not overpowering. And uh, I'll, I'll drink French and I'll drink Italian. Like Italian, you get the right Tuscan wine or Piedmont wine, and it's it, it's not as complicated. It requires less effort than drinking a French wine does. I mean, they tend to be more complex. So I like the Italian ones. You know, you can taste the dirt in them. In a good way. When you when you say effort, what do you mean? 
uh, you have to rise to the the standard of the wine, right? So a lot of French wines tend to be more complex. Just my view, you know. Others, can, other people can disagree. But uh, and then South American wines, like I like to say, drinking uh, Argentinian or Chilean wines, it's like getting punched in the mouth, except you kind of like it. So the only yeah, reason I, I ask about American or French oak is because I went to Napa recently, and that's the only thing I really learned about wine uh, in terms of taste is that they had two Pinots that were very similar, but one was aged in French and one was American, and they had distinctly different flavors. And I'd mm. never, I've never been shown that before. Typically, yeah. I taste Pinots, and they taste almost the same. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. No, I answered the question that I wanted to answer. I was about halfway through. You sure through. did. Yeah, I was about halfway through when I realized, oh, you, re you asked about oaks. So, that's okay. Yeah. I didn't know that about French or Italian wine tasting like dirt, so that was helpful. At, at that point, well, it's not that it tastes like dirt, it's you can taste the dirt in it, the, the yeah. terroir, right, the earth, because that makes all the difference. Hmm. So, so yeah, no, but I was, uh, by the time I realized that you'd asked me about oaks, I was fully just committed kept it to going. the answer. I was fully committed to the answer I was giving. So. <laughs> so, as yeah, I've I said just, before, Vaz, not, a, not all of us can be such a fucking professional as you are. Well, you know, it's again, it's important to have goals. I just, I'm good at the stuff I like to be good at. I mean, the stuff that, <laughs> stuff that other people are great at that I suck at. So I still need to learn about wine. I have a lot to learn. Well, it's, uh, it's fun doing it. So, and you just yeah. got to find like the first, well, I like to say the first duty of a wine is to be read. And the first rule of wine is to drink whatever it is you like, you know? So if you like white wine, drink white wine. I, you know, I don't have the taste for it. To me, it's a little too sweet. Same, same. But, uh, so it goes. It's like, you know, some people like cigars. I don't. Same thing. You know, so it goes. Love so it, what, uh, what, so you guys are doing the Lord's work out here, right? Cause if you think about what, you know, living the TRP lifestyle is about, you know, once you every you know, cause it, TRP trends younger. So it's about girls and the acquisition thereof. But you know, what it's really about is living the life that you want to live. And it's not necessarily about beating everyone else to the mountaintop. It's getting to the mountaintop and then helping the guy behind you get there too. So you guys- Yeah, I'd, I'd say the, the point of the show is to throw the rope down the side of the mountain and say, hey, just grab on. Yep, 100%. And we had some great callers before you. So uh, I'm really, really glad you called in, man. Really glad. Yep. And thank, thank you very much for your company. Yeah, was there a guy who asked about, uh, was it Finisteroid? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's worried about I'm losing his hair. I'm happy to call in without a problem. Yeah, he, he's worried about losing his hair. That yeah, was his last that, that question. Stuff, just something, so something that people should know. I, I heard him in like the, the, the waiting room, but I didn't hear it on the show, so I don't know what answer he gave. But you got to be careful with that because there are some um, – there's some nasty side effects and it's like a kidnapping. It's low impact. I mean, excuse me, low probability, but high impact. And if you get the stuff that, you know, you get those side effects, they're permanent and they're not cool. So, you know, it's like migraine headaches, you know, loss of muscle mass and, and, and I'm not joking, genital shrinkage and it doesn't come back when you go back off it. So, yeah, I, I would, you know, I, I would rather just go bald and go bald gracefully. So, yeah, I mean, uh, for him, I would say, uh, it seems like his primary problem was approach anxiety, which is very easy to cure. So mm -hmm. he probably just shouldn't. Oh yeah, totally. Just got to co keep swinging the bat. Cause there's That's a cover, as my people say, only they, as my people say, only they say it in Russian, there's an expression, uh, there's a cover for every pot. 
So to the extent that you know, it's 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 a numbers game, right? I mean, you just go out and you keep taking shots, and you know, sometimes there are more than you know more than one cover for a pot. So you go out and you keep taking shots, and don't worry about you know. I mean, it's okay to to go over the game film. It's not okay to obsess over it. Like, oh, geez, if I'd only done these things, right? Like, there's no. This is again like texting for logistics. I mean, there are guys who just want rules. And yeah. there's no trick to it. It's psychology. There's no like, okay, tap the joystick left twice and hit the yellow button. Like life doesn't work that way. So yeah, you know. I, th I think his problem was very much in that regard, in that he'd never actually gone out and tried. So he's trying to fix things that aren't actually problems. Yeah, you know, go swing the bat. If it's not this girl, it'll be the next one. Only takes one, baby. Wow, I said I said swing the bat. Tell me you didn't hear that. Oh, I did hear that part. Okay, because that would be just too bizarre. Yeah, that would be weird. <laughs> yeah, no, I was in the I was in the part of the I was in the whatever room that you can hear the show while it's on. So, uh, <laughs> so yeah, even, yeah, even yeah. I'm not that even even I'm not that good. But yeah, you should have played that <laughs> off and be like, no, I have no idea what you're talking about. That's just something that I say all the time. You probably took that well, from if, me. I, you probably boosted I, well, that for yeah, me, you with, loser. If if. Rudy, if Ritten was a chick whose pants I was trying to get into, I probably would have. But you know, nice. he's a you know he's a buddy of mine, so I can I can pay him the honor of, of telling him the truth all the time. You can bang him anytime you want; it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure that he and I. I'm sure I speak for him when I say we're glad that we have your permission and your blessing. <laughs> You're welcome. What a fucking champion! All right, Boz, I really appreciate your company on this chat. Hey, man, it's been a pleasure. A slice of heaven. All right, man. Look, good season, well, Joe. Joe, kick his ass out. Yeeted. All right. All right, DTC, Doc, let's go over uh, my favorite subject that I put in here, which is acceptance versus understanding. And uh, the way I would introduce this subject is essentially knowing what your problem is is the very beginning of the battle but understanding what your problem is gets much more complicated and doc why don't i throw this one to you what's the difference between acceptance versus understanding well i think that understanding it's um awareness of your problems and acceptance is just um pretty much internalizing that and making a choice of being okay with it if it can be changed, then you do something about it. But if it cannot be changed, then you just accept it. So what do you think happens internally when you when you understand for something versus just accepting it? Where do you think well, the real change lies? So when you accept things, you become at peace with it. You're okay with it. and that. But you cannot accept something that you cannot understand, though. So you have to have understanding before you reach acceptance. Can I interject a thought here? Absolutely. So I've heard the phrase that it's sometimes a truth will get to someone's head, but it doesn't travel to their heart and it's not internal. You know, right. it's just something they know in their head. It's a cognitive thing that like they can read it in a book. You know, that's why people say I've read the sidebar. Well, it didn't make it into your heart. You didn't internalize it. You don't actually really know it yet. You don't accept it correctly. Yeah. That's why people choke on the red pill and they end up just, you know, licking it for a while, but not really doing any of the things, which is what you were saying. It requires action at times. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Which is you can read all the concepts that we lay out here. You can, you can think, you know, everything, but unless you go out there and you conquer your approach anxiety, like King Lucas needs to do, you know, what chance do you really have? You got to live it. You got to swing the bat, bro. 
You have to live it. And then also it's not fighting against the current. Things are the way they are. Women are the way they are. Men are the way they are. Trying to change them and control them is just, it's unrealistic and it's just going to make you feel bad. So accepting people for who they are is just, you're okay with it. So it doesn't cause you anxiety. It doesn't cause you depression. You're just cool. Doc, why don't you talk a little bit about yourself? Why are you allowed on this show? Um, well, I first of all, I want to thank you both for allowing me to be here. I'm very excited to be here. Um, I've known you guys for a while. I um, We've been friends for a while. And um, I'm just excited to be part of it. And hopefully I can be helpful for someone. And I also hope I can be here again. What are your qualifications, Well. Um, well, I am in the mental um, health field, so I know a little bit about psychology and um, hence why I want to put my input. Hey, we're glad to have you yeah, here. Thank so you very much. Soon to get my PhD in um, narcissism and psychopathy. So that's going to be my dissertation. You picked a great audience. <laughs> I know. It's kind of why we're friends yes this is why i'm friends with these two guys correct i just All i right, just so, had them yeah my next topic that i'd like to address is like trust um i personally believe in giving trust away fairly freely though that's only because i am careful to who to who to give it to um once you're calibrated as a human being aka once you have a good gauge of people what do you think about trust DTC, let me put this to you. How does trust work for you? Trust is a, a really elusive thing for me, but now that I'm understanding it more, uh, last night was actually one of the key truths that I learned, which is uh, vulnerability is how you know you trust someone. If you can be vulnerable with someone, then you really trust them. But if you put up your shields and your alter ego and all of your bullshit, and you're not really your true self and you hide the things you're feeling and you don't say the things that you want, you don't really trust someone. Meaning if you can be vulnerable and you're not abused for it, it's not ammo for a later conversation, right? Yeah. And so what I've learned is that every person that I've interacted with in my life has used my vulnerability to hurt me in a later conversation. Interesting. It's just a recurring pattern with uh, all the people who have been close to me. Um, I tell them things and then they use it to hurt me. So and this, guy, this is DTC has this schema. And uh, so he future tells. So based on my past experiences, I can say that in the future, this is what's going to happen because it's what's been happening so far. So of course, he's going to have he's going to have a hard time trusting people. Hmm. Do you agree with that? I mean, that's fair to say. It's you typically <laughs> you you base future events on what's transpired in the past, right? The history the history of your life tells you the what's going to happen. You know, otherwise, it's going to repeat itself. To, but do you agree with it? Sure. That doesn't sound very confident. I'd have to think about it more, but in concept, I would say yes. Okay, fine. We can move on to the next topic, which is my favorite topic, which is the battle versus the intermediate, which is when you make some progress, but then it gets in the way of further progress. And what I mean by this is when you... It, let, let's just couch this in terms of the red pill for our audience. When you read something, you put it into action, and then you think that's all you need to do. And you refuse to go further because you've seen progress. You've done progress. Things have worked. How do you get over that? 
Hmm. How about you go first? Oh, sure. I mean, I know you're still thinking. That's fine. Yeah. Um, I've, I've, I encountered this all the time. Um, the way I would put it is I get really comfy when I can outclass other people, but I'm not necessarily the best that I can do. Meaning that I think that I get to an intermediate level, like even something, let's use a completely bullshit example, like go-karting. Like, I think I could probably outrace most people who've never go-karted right off the bat. But <laughs> if you put me in, in a fucking professional go-kart race, I get smoked. So what happens is if I really like go-karting, then I would just never go into that professional bout because I'd rather smoke people who are shitty at it. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. So can you use that? Can you analogize that to something in your life? I can't think of an example in my current life. I was just thinking more of um, in the past, the way that I had you know, tackled issues, I would try them and I would learn just enough to feel competent. And then I would want to move on to something else because it was far too difficult to actually become a master in that. Um, you know, soccer, football, skateboarding, all those things I did at a really high level, you know, for an intermediate, like I could probably kickflip now, but I never got really good at skating and I put in so much work, but then I saw the kids who were really good, like going to go pro and I knew I would never get it there. So I just quit and I almost broke my ankles multiple times. So there's that. Well, that's, I mean, that's a perfect example. That's exactly what I'm talking about. It's, and the, the important takeaway from the, battle of the intermediate is, is that after you go past the intermediate, you need to be really dedicated to become an expert. Absolutely. And that's, you, you know, need to be as well, you know, you can get in there and you can start doing the things, but then when you realize, Oh no, this is just, this is not just about getting laid. This is about becoming a better human being. This is about changing who you are completely. And it's going to be extremely painful and you're like, tear yourself and have to do it. Do you still want to do it? Or you just want to play around with red pill? That's exactly where I was going, which is that a lot of guys can read the sidebar. A lot of guys can go out there and maybe get laid, maybe for the first time or at least, you know, after their whatever LTR they broke up with. But it's difficult. It's difficult to become an expert in this. And it takes a lot of work. And where you'll end up at the end of it is not a nihilistic pace. It's just a difficult place. You know too much. Yeah, absolutely. And I would say too, for the younger guys, they're all afraid of long-term relationships and they all just want to spin plates and that's fine. You can do that, but that's intermediate bullshit. That's like dunking on kids on go-karts, like sweet. You can bang random girls, but can you keep them coming back? Cause they like you. Mm -hmm. Can you actually lead a woman doing things and have her shit test you when you fuck up inevitably and not break frame and cry like a little girl, but just make fun of her and have fun and give her an amazing time. And when she acts like a little baby, you just laugh it off and not be a total jerk there. That's where it really that's, gets hard. That's a really difficult part. That's that's an extremely difficult part. And that leads us into our next topic, which is calibration versus lack of calibration. Mm. Um, you know, we all have our problems. We all have our deficiencies. But what I would say is that there is actually a binary between people, which is not just people who are aware of their deficiencies, but people who can acknowledge their deficiencies and say, okay, I'm working on that. Doc, where do you see people really struggle with their calibration? Um, I think one of the main problems is that people don't take the time to 
learn about themselves, be curious about themselves and realize who they actually are. And therefore they don't know how to self-regulate. They don't have healthy coping mechanisms. They tend to be easily neurotic. And so that's basically you're unstable. You're mentally unstable and therefore you're emotionally unstable. And that will show in your behavior versus someone who's calibrated. It's someone who knows who they are. They have the tools to deal with stress, with anxiety, with basically all the adversities that life can throw at you. And they're also grounded. They have healthy coping mechanisms. They have a strong support system. And that's basically the difference. Can you give an example of somebody who crossed the acceptance threshold into the understanding threshold just in a couple sentences? Um, that's, a, that's a good question. Um, You're a professional, aren't you? Well, I'm getting there. I'm putting you on the spot. Come on. No, you are. That's actually a very good question. So I would Come say on. someone who's understanding versus someone who's accepting. Um, so not a general I, example. Just okay, give us so let example. me just give you something that I've learned recently is the law of detachment. The law of detachment is basically practicing acceptance. You understand the world and you let things just run their basically their curse. And once you accept things for the how they are, then you don't fight against them. So you understand, therefore you accept. So the law of detachment is that you put in your best work, but you're not attached, emotionally attached to the outcome of, er of any circumstance. So it's acceptance plus waiting with the right mindset. Am I reading Correct. that correctly? Yeah. So, so you have to be patient. Are you kidding me? Yeah, you have to be patient and you have to have the internal dialogue to correct internal dialogue so that you can speak to yourself and be able to change perspectives when things don't go your way. Hmm. That's good. I was just teasing you before. <laughs> <laughs> you, do, you, 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 should see, you should see her fucking face. I know. Man. It's, like, it's, it's perfect. Ugh. I should have expected that from you, of course. So I would say an example, if you want an actual example of someone who's acting uncalibrated and then they start understanding that they're uncalibrated, uh, that I'm a pretty good example of that, I would say, because- Oh, you're when, a great example. Yeah. When you met me, I was a complete dumpster fire and I was uh, <laughs> just not emotionally regulated at all. And I, uh, I met you on Reddit. So I was able to be my alter ego and rightly a complete crazy person. And you picked up on it and could see some, you know, there's some fuckery afoot here. What's going on with this dude? And uh, <laughs> since I actually met you face to face in June, I I've become a significantly different person, I would say, uh, in a pretty short period of time because we used some cheat codes. But Okay, so, so DTC, what is overcoming the ego only in your terms? Don't speak about it generally, just speak about how you overcame your own ego. I overcame my ego when I learned that I was okay, even though my past self made mistakes and hurt people. And that even though I did those things, it doesn't make me a bad person. Perfect. Yeah. And to the, to the audience, that's so crucial, which is you get to, one of the things I say to people all the time on TRP or STRP is just pick a direction and go, and you're allowed to change your mind later. But what DTC is articulating is that regardless of the direction you pick, as long as you feel like it's a healthy direction and it produces good results, stop overthinking about it. 
that's so critical. Doc, have you had any instances uh, with your patients where you think they've hit a wall with overcoming their egos? Yeah, I think a lot of people are in denial and they don't want to recognize um, their problems, uh, how they make things happen, because sometimes we don't realize how we our behavior is kind of like initiating the problem. Mm -hmm. So it's really, really hard for them to recognize their own faults and take responsibility for their actions. So we do work on on that a lot. Yeah. And I also think that when I said cheat codes, I meant specifically doing MDMA because that drops your ego to the point where you can say anything and not be concerned about what you're saying or how you're perceived. And so the questions that I was asked, I was allowed to answer them honestly because I wasn't concerned about how they thought about me. I just saw them as, as beings of light who loved me and wanted to help me. And there was no reason why I couldn't trust them. Look, DTCA worked for you, but I'm not. I'm not going to encourage any uncalibrated person. To Definitely do that. not. Not. Yeah, I always have to give a disclaimer. I'm not telling anyone to do anything. What I'm doing is giving a prescriptive method. That's something that I had personally done and had success with. But that is is um, rather it's descriptive, not prescriptive. Yes. Oh, that that was very articulate. Wow, good job, DTCA. Hey, man. Sometimes I use words well. <laughs> Sometimes you can speak. I managed to not be hammered for the show, so that helps. It does. It does help a lot. So uh, helps me be more calibrated when I'm not drunk. I realized, isn't that crazy? I know. Isn't that nuts? Look at that. I'm learning. It's weird. All right, friends and family, we got two minutes left. You tell me what to talk about. How about you talk about your own progress? Yeah. Oh, of course. Um, own journey in the past two and a half years. What have you learned? In three sentences. In three sentences, yes. In three sentences? Okay. I was a very walled off creature. I accepted who I was. And then I started to tell people about it. And those three things made me a much better person. Confessing my sins, and I am not a Catholic, really helped me. Yeah. So once you're able to accept yourself, you realize you were a good person and that helping other people made you feel really good. And then you started helping people and it, you know, made them want to help other people. Exactly. And more importantly, it was, it was saying them out loud. It was saying yeah. things out loud that really helped me because I love to depersonalize and I love to detach and I love to compartmentalize and saying them out loud to a person you care about helps you a lot. Yeah. Sounds so real gay, but it's very true. Yeah, but it's true. That's how you connect. Yeah. You started like a happiness cult, just made people happy. I have started a happiness cult. <laughs> it's it's infectious. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I think this is a good point to wrap the show. Any final thoughts? I would just say to everyone listening out there, do take the time to find out about who you are. Do take the time to invest in you. Do take the time, invest in your relationships because they're very important. Um, try to control your inner critic. Try to create um, a positive internal dialogue and just start, you know, doing things. Yeah, swing the bat. And also join Discord if you're lost and you need some help and you don't know where you're doing. Just join the Discord. Plenty of people, all stages and ages. Jump in. And don't live in places where sirens are in the background. Yeah, seriously. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it's been a great show. Love you all. Love you. Good night. Good night.
All right, Joe, take us off. <laughs> <laughs>